welcome to the third episode of Lola Lykke's Female Changemaker series. My name is Laura and I'm the co-founder of Lola Lykke, the Finnish wellness brand for moms. Our Female Changemaker series is dedicated to individuals whose professional and personal passions have driven them to do something extraordinary, bringing sustainable positive change to women's well-being. In the course of this series, I will be interviewing amazing women's health experts, professionals and parents who have gone out of their way to accelerate change and create positive impact around them. Today, I'm joined by our, own, by our very own content creator, Mana. Hello. And the incredible London-based architect, product designer and a mother of two, Stiliana. Welcome. Thank great you very you much, Laura. Thank you for having me. It's great to be part of this incredible podcast. Yeah, it's our pleasure to have you here. Um, so you've done some pretty remarkable uh, things in the past already, including um, your designer in residence at the London Design Museum. You're an EU delegate, um, winner of the first prize in the national photographic competition in Bulgaria, uh, and also most recently a mum for the second time. So um, I just wanted to to ask you, first of all, I mean, your your second baby arrived very, very recently. So how was that for for you? How was the experience? It was it was beautiful. I think uh, because as a second time um, mother entering this uh, mother sense um, process of becoming from a woman to transition from a woman to mother was much more empowering because I I kind of had an overview of what what to expect and and how to and and. And just uh, yeah, have my expectations right uh, mm. about the system, especially the NHS, the national healthcare system in in the UK. And it, it was just incredibly empowering. It was uh, the labor was much longer, uh, but then the actual birth was uh, really really quick. She came within 10 minutes, and I had a water birth, which was my dream to experience. Wow. And uh, even when she arrived, I, I couldn't believe it. I was quite shocked just having her in my arms. I was like, oh, my God, I expected this to take much longer. And yeah. it, it literally took um, three pushes. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't assimilate in my mind how, how quickly it all evolved. And, yeah, it was it was definitely um, um, much more um, life changing. And, and as I said, empowering. I think that's the right word to use for this for this yeah. birth. <clears throat> That sounds amazing. I think every woman would like to have a birth like that. Um, so that's that's really fantastic to hear. Um, quite a different experience from your first birth, um, I suppose. Um, we discussed your fir- first birth um, some months ago and how that inspired your design work. Um, at Lola Lücke, we believe passionately in the power of great design. And like for us, it was your own experience of giving birth um, that created Ultima Tula. Um, and, and cause you to see a hospital's labor room very differently. So I'd love you to to tell me um, that story again about what happened at your first birth and what influence that had. Yeah, with pleasure. I actually was never uh, really interested in uh, uh, maternal health and well-being uh, prior to uh, falling pregnant myself. Uh, so it happened as I was I was a student at the Royal College of Art doing my master's in architecture. And because the master's degree is two years, uh, going into my second year, I was already um, seven months pregnant. So in a way, my final thesis year 
was uh, spent halfway through the degree being pregnant and then having a newborn baby. I graduated when mm. my daughter was only six months old. And um, I had a supermodel uh, pregnancy. Everything just went smoothly. I found out that I was pregnant in the third month. I didn't have morning sickness. It mm. was just it was just beautiful experience. Um, but then my due date was on 20th of December 2015. And my daughter arrived on the 3rd of January the next year in 2016. Yeah. And this time interval between, uh, because it was the, the festive um, um, uh, the, the, the festive period of Christmas and New Year, it was kind. I felt a lot of pressure on me from uh, people that didn't mean any harm. Of course, my family and close group of friends. Come on, when is the baby coming? Why is she not being born? You should uh, maybe have a cesarean, and you know, you kind of start doubt doubting your own um, agency, your own bodily um, um, strengths and, and, and powers. And uh, on 31st of December, I was admitted for an induction at St. Thomas's Hospital, where both my children were born in London. Mm -hmm. And they tried to induce me with a, with a medicine called pitocin, which is a vaginal drip. Yeah. Uh, but then in something this, my, uh, my daughter's heart was <clears throat> accelerating. She was literally going to explode. I remember just seeing the waves on the CTG monitor mm. and I was like, this is not right. And yet my body didn't feel any sensations. It was purely the baby. So they removed it. And three days later, she came in her own terms. But because I had to be induced and I had some drugs being given to me, mm -hmm. uh, I had to be monitored throughout the birth, although I was low-risk uh, pregnancy and everything was healthy and mm -hmm. fine with me. So the birth of my first daughter, Stelena, was, uh, was on a bed in the historical lithotomy position where 80% um, of women in the UK and the US give birth in that way, where mm -hmm. you lay down with torso facing up, your your legs apart, and in a way this works against the gravity pull and the expulsion phase could be much longer and this can create a opportunity for uh, obstetric um, procedures such mm -hmm. as the forceps or um, yeah, intervention, episiotomy, the different cuts and vacuums and, and so on. But luckily I... Um, I had a great midwifery team. I was supported by two midwives. One of them wore a GoPro on her head, filmed yeah. the entire birth. <laughs> and uh, it was it, this part was amazing. But I think the very dehumanizing and disempowering part was just how much control over me I had by, by in a way, the hospital personnel. I was mm. told how to push, how to breathe. Uh, what to do as my body was telling me exactly the otherwise. I wanted to be this wild lioness, mm -hmm. a free, roaring, bending, just burying my nails and biting and <laughs> have a punch back and, and yeah. so on. And I was told, no, 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 preserve your energy. Don't breathe like this. So in a way, it was very different to, to the second birth when, uh, when I was roaring. The midwife was like, yes. That's how you do it. Just keep following your body. I just found this incredibly inspiring and mm. in a way it motivates you to even do it more because this is what your body tells you. And when you have the platform and when this is received well, it, it kind of you have the green light. OK, I can follow my instincts. Yeah. Uh, so during the first word, I, I felt uh, very much as a medical object uh, um, and uh, I went on with my degree to propose a different different type of birthing environment through an architectural intervention, which is in a way the 
uh, a planetarium-like birth space where mothers can merge with this immense uh, immenseness of the cosmos in uh, in contrast with something very intimate and and beautiful the the moment of mm. producing new life yeah uh, the moment of procreation which is the most profound moment i think in many people's lives mm. and with this project which was the planetarium i applied to the design museum uh, uh, which happened to have a cosmic theme for 2019-2020 cohort and I was accept- accepted and then uh, through a series of research visiting lots of hospitals I just come to realize that the birthing landscape has evolved massively at the elements of offerings to support these um, different practices of childbirth mm. are not uh, are not fit for for the advancements they haven't changed since the 50s and 60s so I thought okay I, I should do something yeah. I should be a change maker through 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 a design um, intervention, yeah. and that's how the triptych of Matuli was born. Yeah, and you know what a fantastic story that is, um, and and brilliant piece of furniture, um, really, really um, new, innovative take on what a maternity suite should really look like. Um, we had an interesting discussion about the environment and how that affects you, uh, including the lighting and the, the smells and and all of that. You know, the the scary sort of smell of disinfectants and and how your body reacts to all of those different um, factors. Um, so, I mean, did you plan to change the the environment as well in terms of lighting and 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 all of those other things uh, that are present as well? Yeah, at the actual museum installation was, uh, I kind of took into consideration because we had a dedicated space, mm-hmm. uh, four by four meters, and we had we had the constraints of the space. So I, uh, I uh, designed a, a color palette with, uh, with very great uh, lighting um, suppliers uh, called LED Flex that executed it beautifully. And it was inspired by, uh, prior to that, I designed a series of erotic kits for internal selfies for pregnant women to kind of communicate with their with with their fetal development because yeah. in the UK you only get limited amount of scans and this sometimes can be a bit um, um, distressing for the mother. You kind of want as yes. much yeah. audio, visual and sort of communication with, with your baby. So in a way I wanted to combine the pleasure with the education. And yeah. the images that I took of my pregnant uh, in interior was was exactly like uh, the Magellanic cloud and and the cosmos. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. So with LED flex, we developed a color scheme which uh, reflected this um, this element. So this was the lighting aspect. And then I wanted to make it as soft and 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 comfortable as possible. So we had curtains and music. I worked with a very talented. Um, a sound designer Laura Selby who created the the right of birth um, and it was just a, a beautiful compilation of, of different sounds musical instruments mm. underwater she recorded everything herself and under my art direction she came up with <clears throat> with the sound as what the baby would be hearing in the womb and coming into an environment which has uh, pleasing uh, atmospheric qualities rather than what we were saying about beeping and yes. and the sharp lighting and uh, smells and yeah That's i think all, all spatial and and product qualities are very important to to be considered and to be as homely and uh, as comfortable as possible yeah 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. I'm I'm sure everybody would agree that they would like to give birth in a place like that rather than in a normal normal labor ward, uh, which is quite a different place from what you describe. Um, we're going to yeah. take a short break now and come back and continue our discussion. Welcome back. Stiliana, let's talk a bit about your qualifications. In addition to being an architect and a hydro engineer, you also have a master's degree in healthcare and design research. Is that right? Uh, it's in, in the process. I actually signed up to the degree last year when um, uh, the design residency was over and I was really hungry to continue to do something within the a maternal healthcare environment. And I was looking actually for a PhD, practice-based PhD program, but then I couldn't find one. And then I ended up going back to my university, which is the Royal College of Arts, and they do this really beautiful degree, in, um, which is a joint degree between Imperial College, which is a medical school, and the Royal College of Arts, a design school. And just reading through the description, I just thought, this is perfect, I want to do this. And I applied last uh, July, and uh, funny enough, uh, when I was accepted, uh, I also found out that I was pregnant. So it's uh, it's some bizarre co- um, coincidence that uh, both my children are being cooked during my degrees with the Royal <laughs> College of Arts. There is a joke going in my friend's circle about this. If you want a baby, sign up for a course with the RCA. <laughs> That's really but it's funny. completely coincidental. It's not... Um, yeah... <laughs> So you would say that there's a there's a natural crossover between architecture, design, and healthcare. Um, I would say that it it should be very um, very natural and and flawless in a way. It, that's how it should be, in my opinion. In order to, uh, I think, um, co-design is probably one of the the major methods which which uh, designers and practitioners should look into developing together in order to to come up with the best uh, with the best spatial product, service, uh, user experience, and and so on, the different scenarios within within the healthcare environment. And I don't think this only purely applies to, to the maternity wards. I think every every ward and every um, uh, patient experience should be should be taken into account when when designing with a specific users group in mind. Um, so this degree, uh, the one in healthcare and design has exposed me to a new whole new spectrum of uh, of um, design thinking elements which which i thoroughly enjoyed and um the degree is two years so i'm just uh, halfway through it and um yeah the reason why i design it is because i want to come up with some sort of a wholesome ecosystem where i design fully um my ideal scenario is to have a maternity room in a in a hospital let's say in a london hospital where i can just redesign absolutely everything the color palettes the the acoustics um and the the user experience in 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 a very experiential manner so it's it, it really is like uh, something positive rather than okay this is a medical event i um that people try to enjoy because i think even until today women are pregnant women are seen as um as patients and and they really are not sometimes obviously uh, child um, childbirth and pregnancy can have um complications and Luckily, medical advancements do exist, but 
often things are more or less straightforward. So I don't think women need uh, medical prudence in this extra technology which is involved. And I think it should be much more holistic and, and mother-centric as a, as a whole. So I think mothers, practitioners, designers, architects, all sorts of people should come together and marry their strengths to, to come up with, uh, with a solution that works towards the user, in this case, the, the mom to be. I love how you brought up the, the mother-centric um, treatment. We were, we were browsing your website and one of the sentences there really, I think, caught both of our attention, Laura. Um, let me quote you directly. Uh, your aim was to deinstitutionalize birth by turning the birthing mother from a medical object to a celebratory matriarchal reproductive economy. Would you care to open that a little bit more? Yeah, well, this is based on my on my project, which is the 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 parturition um, pots that I that I designed as part of my RCA degree, and in a way, feeling as a medical object myself and being uh, kind of rubbing my uh, my body as a commodity against the um, the different. Um, institutional uh, filters that you go through in in the medical environment in order to give birth it was in a way very uh, very much uh, demoralizing because often you uh, you feel like you you don't have the knowledge and actually your body knows best and that's back to uh, the birth of my second daughter Susanna was uh, um, so much better in a sense that uh, the, the support bubble that I had from the midwifery stuff were, were were very encouraging. They were like, yes, yes, that's how you should do it. You should just you and the baby work together. I remember that's what they were saying to me. Your body and your baby know exactly what they're doing. Just just follow it through. Don't be afraid. And I and I love this. As with the previous one was um, because probably I was in the labor world, completely different environment. Um, uh, prior to, um, uh, based on being uh, trying, the hospital trying to induce me, uh, that that was much more. Um, it felt it felt medicalized, and in a way, I just thought design is such a mo multicultural um, tool that, uh, in a way, a lot of people can understand. It doesn't use language, or um, it's through experience. It can really uh, create this. Um, um, yeah, um, emancipation and, and freedom. So yeah, I know this sentence very well because this is from my from my project. I know exactly where we've taken it from. Um, but yeah, I think that it, there is a lot of work uh, still um, needing to be done in, in this. And it, it, I think it's just the beginning and it probably will take many generations to come to revolutionize the system and make it more um, mother and baby centered and working around the mom and the baby's well-being because i think people perceive uh the subject of uh of a childbirth as oh as long as you get a healthy baby that's all that matters but no in order to have a healthy baby you need to have a healthy mom who's going to be nurturing this baby and uh yeah there are lots of a lot of issues that um, arise from from this yeah that's very very true um I want to talk a bit more about indirectly about your website. I, I sent one of the pictures from from Ultima Dule to my friend group on, on Messenger. And the first thing all of them noticed was the round shapes and the sort of 
softness that was radiating from the lilac and and just the physical round shapes. You already mentioned that softness was one of the more natural, would you say, um, shapes that was coming from the pregnancy itself, from the natural world. Yeah, and also I think uh, again the whole the color palette is uh, is inspired by by this uh, um, metaphorical link between the cosmos and the womb, and the womb in, in itself is the cosmos for for the developing baby. It's its entire world, uh, in a way, the atmosphere that we us on Earth have, um, and then the actual shapes, because I think in 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 healthcare environment, often product elements are very ugly. And I think this is a, a status quo practice. Okay, if it's beautiful, then it will be dysfunctional. It has to be ugly and very uh, rigid in order to serve its functions, which I totally disagree with. I think you can have a lot of aesthetic qualities within the healthcare environment. Um, and I think the uh, the roundness of, of the shapes was also something that is inviting that uh, uh, women wouldn't feel um, in a way the uh, masculine and patriarchal impact. I wanted to make it as um, as comfortable and, and as accommodating for them as, as possible. And, and I guess the, the cosmic feature also uh, somehow was was present through the shapes as well but uh, yeah i'm glad that it was noticed the, the the softness and 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 the curvature and obviously the woman is uh, the woman's body is uh, is um is very curvy especially during pregnancy <laughs> that's true shall we take a small break now yeah let's do that So um, coming back to the uh, furniture that you designed for the um, maternity um, suite, um, Ultima Tula, uh, you designed the labor silla, part to vision stool and the solace chair. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to hear a little bit more. Um, you've designed uh, and researched the materials so everything complies with the UK's nas- National Health Service um, safety and usage requirements. So, I mean, are they in use somewhere currently um, or where are they? Where are the furniture? Uh, this is a very good question and I, I'm delighted to answer it because on uh, uh, Saturday, on the 17th of April this year, three weeks ago, uh, tomorrow, when my daughter was born, um, initially they I was admitted for induction again and they gave me the antenatal ward. But because I was already contracting, I, w- I asked, can I please be transferred to a room because... It will be very soon. I can feel it. And they took me to the labor ward, which had all these medical devices. It was just very, very off-putting. And I just said, no, I don't want to be here. Can you take me, please, to the home from home center? And luckily, that was the first day when they opened it because of the uh, lack of staff. And it was just very stretched uh, times. Obviously, uh, staff are focused on the where high-risk uh, deliveries are, are, are happening. And they, they took me to the most beautiful room over the Houses of Parliament, Big Ben, which is still covered in scaffolding, unfortunately. 
and the River Thames, and, and that was really beautiful. And I just remember during the labor phase, just thinking about the labor sea, I was just like, oh, I wish I, I had this right now. I know exactly what to do with it. I really miss it. I just had this beanie back, and it was it, it could get quite uncomfortable. And and after the birth, I remember the first thing I asked my midwife is like, was um, I, last year in um, July 2020, I donated this um, series of chairs for for childbirth and recovery to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Can I please see them? And and her reaction was, oh yes, oh my God, you, you it's you, of course. <laughs> I I can recognize your face, and it was just such a nice um, uh, welcome to my to my request. Yeah. And she said, of course, they're here in the room next door. You can go whenever. And I didn't want to go straight after the birth because it was late and I kind of wanted to, I wanted to take my time. And the, the morning after when, when we woke up with, uh, uh, with my partner, uh, we, we, we took um, our baby to the room and we kind of imitated <laughs> how the chairs would be used with, with yeah. her. And it was just incredible. They were literally in the exact same room where, where I donated them. Yeah. Um, almost a year ago and although they're not used uh, physically for for childbirth they're there to <clears throat> kind of open conversation with yeah. the maternity voice partnership and um, and the midwifery stuff as well as women there is they're in a room which women physically use so i guess in in one of cases they can be like okay i want to use this yeah. chair i brought to and then yeah. they they happen to be um I guess, in my opinion, lucky to have it. Yeah, um, uh, unfortunately, I didn't have it because I had a water bird. So my room had to be opposite where the actual pool was located and the room where Ultimaturli lives is uh, further down. Yeah. But it was just incredible just see them uh, being where they are. And although, yeah. we, as you said, um, the materials used are are uh, very standard materials for healthcare and hospitality. They're very mm. hard wearing and robust. They haven't passed infection control, which is quite a big matter, especially yeah. in that's the current amazing. time. Yeah, that's an amazing story. I mean, to create that after your first birth and then for that to be there at the same hospital where you go and give birth. Um, and w- the home from home center, I mean, that's that's a really curious one. I've, I've not come across something like that before. That sounds amazing. But I mean, really kind of underlines the fact that um, a different type of environment will help uh, make you feel much more comfortable uh, with what's happening. Um, so I'm, I'm sure the uh, the staff at the hospital have been excited about the uh, furniture as well. What's been their response to your designs? Yeah, it's been it's been very positive, actually. They they they've loved it. And I think this was the best reward after because uh, when I offered I I contacted a few hospitals to donate them and although another one um, requested them and I was kind of okay agreeing to donate them uh, the very last minute St. Thomas has got back to me and they were like we would love to have them we just can't offer you any funds and I was like no I'm, I'm really happy to donate them and to be there in the environment they've been designed for and uh, I think that was the the best reward I could ask for that there is a, a positive response from 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 them being there and and people can really see that this can really transform experiences and make them more positive and human centric and um, yeah just working around the well-being of uh, of pregnant birthing and recovering um, mm. mothers yeah and hopefully the starting point for a change in in how 
um, labor wards look like in the future? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, because although you emphasized uh, Laura on uh, home from home, home from home is a beautiful concept because they try to uh, create an environment where women who are not comfortable giving birth at home still want this very home-like mm. uh, environment. It still needs a lot of work because you still have the bed and obviously these elements that kind of... Um, remind you okay i'm in a hospital i'm not really yeah. at home um yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing and um there's been something similar uh, in helsinki a development recently i mean it's partly due to lack of space <laughs> but led to a good development anyway that they're using a hotel next to the the hospital uh, as, a, as a postnatal ward so if you've had a straightforward birth, you can go there with your family and have a hotel room instead of a, a hospital room. And that is just like a dream come true. A little hospital uh, holiday in a hotel with your new baby and, and, and husband potentially if he's there. It's just um, it's such a different start for life um, than staying in one of those sterile rooms for sure. So I think all of those environments are really welcome. Yeah, I remember you saying this. It's, it's. I think it's revolutionary. Just and also, it's a reward to the mother. Okay, here is your hard work now can be <laughs> rewarded with a nice um, post baby moon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's a beautiful concept. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, and like we've discussed before, but for me personally, it was. Um, I mean, s- smell is a very strong sense that you have anyway that you remember things for decades. Uh, and for me, it was that smell of the hospital room that was you know particularly unpleasant and that really kind of you know puts a mark on the whole experience in a way so just imagine being a nice smelling fresh uh, beautiful kind of clean hotel room in, in crisp sheets instead of a plastic mattress is is uh, quite a change yeah for yeah. sure yeah, yeah still I'm I'm really curious. I'll I'll pop in here because we were talking earlier about Ultima Thule and and where it is currently. I'm curious. Have you sort of fulfilled what you aspired to do when you started that project with with the with the furniture now being at Saint Thomas's Hospital, or do you would you want to see it say worldwide? Yeah. Well, in a way, I think. Um the greatest success is the one that you haven't had yet. I truly believe um, in, in in this motto or statement. Um, and I think when I, when, when I started the residency, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought, okay, I would like to create a one-to-one pot where women can immerse themselves and they can watch this projection from space. And I'd like to prove scientifically that watching... Um, watching uh, stargazing in a way can mm. can contribute to a smoother birth and when when ultima when i received the chairs because um, my partner is a carpenter he executed the the frames and then we sent them to a small upholstery studio in oxford to uh, upholster them um when when i when i saw them i just my eyes filled with tears because you get this anxiety oh my god we, we, we would be uh, what i did on the drawings and and and, and it, it exceeded my uh, my expectations. They were just so beautiful, and especially with the lighting, I think it really made it um, quite uh, wholesome. 
Um, but I, I think going to St. Thomas's is a dream come true. Um, but this is obviously the, I think the, the first uh, baby step. I would love to, to develop it further because I don't uh, um, preach that these are the, the final products. I think they would require much more work in terms of um, how the materials would be executed. I'd like to find more adequate way of making them lighter because the labor sea itself weighs probably 80 to 100 kilos because uh-huh. it's layer of layers of plywood and because they're obviously their prototypes so i think maybe some lightweight metal uh, which can make it quite much lighter where mm. even women can hire to to have at home or mm. midwives can bring um or if some sort of inflatable um, means uh, means of it and uh, of recent I giving birth in a bath has inspired me to look into the bathtub because mm. the bath that I had was, was was horrendous I had to climb plastic steps and then go down it didn't have any any handlebars the, the grip was just not not fit for purpose. I, I remember I was just sliding like a whale, uh, and 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 when when uh, the baby's head came out, my partner kept telling me, "Just be careful with her head. How you're uh, floating around." I was just like, I just literally don't have any grip. It was just so kind of um, glossy. Yeah. So I think there is another element which I would like to add to the Ultima Thule's collection. Uh, but yeah, let's see how it goes. And partially why I'm doing this, the um, um, healthcare and design um, degree is exactly this, because I'd like to, I'd like to focus and dedicate more time into just uh, expanding the um, the offerings, uh, as well as improving what ultimately, but my dream it would be to see it even in countries that are less advantaged, not only in the developed Western world, but uh, in countries like in Africa, or just uh, to see them used by indigenous communities, that, that would be just incredible. I, w- I would absolutely love this. Mm. Shall we take a small break? Yes, let's do that. Welcome back. Um, I would like to ask you about your worldview after having your babies. Has that changed after you became a mom? How you view the world these days? For sure, I would say uh, both as uh, from my from my personal uh, perspective as uh, being a mother and having these uh, primary caring responsibilities, and then. Uh, <laughs> equally as much as a designer because it completely changed the pathway of, of, of my design. But I think uh, the beauty about it is this uh, altruistic view. You no longer, the world is no longer centered around you. You just have somebody else. So for example, now my daughter goes to school in particular area. So we had to move to this area because we found this school where we fell in love with. And I think, um, yeah, having children is uh, is just uh, changing. I, I would say it's it's purely positive change in my opinion. There are a lot of hair pulling <laughs> every now and then, but I think this is part of the package and and and, and the beauty <laughs> and the beauty of it. Otherwise, it would be just a, a boring ride. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely, it, it's it's changed me completely inside out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been talking a lot recently about the sort of 
institutional systems and structures, the same ones that you're trying to break with your work as well and um, how having your own kids uh, influences all of that and where the drive comes from uh, for changing things. And um, it's been in the in the media a lot recently in Finland, um, the, the fact that we're overlooking the needs of the mom, not really giving her the best possible mm. experience. But all of this is 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 so deep rooted uh, in the institutional structures and even the culture uh, that's present that it, it's it's really hard to make a change. But I think it's work like yours um, and ours that will little by little um, grow, you know, awareness of things. And and I think I think we've got a, a new generation coming up who who, who will be demanding um, a more personal treatment and, and and more personal care as well. Um, so, um, are you hopeful that your children will see a better healthcare um, reality in in the future? Um, do you think that that will be possible? And and how do you how do you see that might happen? I would love that. I'm I'm very hopeful. I always see. I live in my own world, which uh, the glass is always half full. And uh, I think partially the work I do is uh, exactly this. I, I would love my children to um, uh, to be able to have better experiences, better navigation through the healthcare system. And I completely agree with what you just said. I think it's systematic because your grandmother was treated this way, then your mother, and then you. Mm. And even recently I had a conversation with my mom because my um, one of my good friends just gave birth in um, in Bulgaria and her partner wasn't allowed because he, he, he had uh, this isolation period for, for COVID. But regardless of that, whether he was positive or negative, he wouldn't have been allowed in the birth room. And when I was discussing this with my mom, her reaction was, but this is how things are in Bulgaria. And I said, no, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be happy to uh, to tell yourself that. You should mm. constantly work to challenge this, you know. Yeah. And funny enough, yesterday, actually on Wednesday, I had my um, part of, uh, after I donated to Ultimaturi to St. Thomas's Hospital, I'm part of their maternity voice partnership. And they were, uh, they introduced um, an idea where if your partner tests positive for COVID, he can still witness the birth, but just the actual birth. So mm. he goes, uh, well, the woman's birth, and then he immediately goes away. And obviously yeah. it was very controversial proposal. Some people are like, no, 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 you have vulnerable staff that uh, 30% of the NHS haven't had the vaccination mm. um, or people that are pregnant. And obviously they said, we've done a lot of uh, research and we wouldn't expose our vulnerable staff or people who haven't been vaccinated to such mm. risk. But the uh, only applies if you've had the lateral flow test, which can get faulty results at times. Mm. And if you've had the PCR, which is the golden standard, then it, it wouldn't be possible. But I thought that there was revolutionary just to have to open this for the conversation, mm. to have this as an option out yeah. there. Because I think if you're, um, if let's say my partner was uh, positive for COVID, I don't think he would have wanted to come just uh uh, being a, a sane person to mm. expose me and our newborn child to such risks. But yeah. it was good that the conversation is there. So I think there is, uh, um, I, I'm hopeful that there will be definitely better better days coming for for our offspring and especially for, for, for their generation as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, th I think 
there's a lot of learnings to come from COVID as well in, in what we can do differently and where we can be flexible and even looking at working environments and, and people now working from home and, and, and realizing that, hey, I'm actually much more comfortable here because of the lighting or, or, the, or the, you know, or the, the temperature or anything like this. Um, so it's just kind of people waking up to that reality that your environment, whether it's at, at, at a hospital or at work, uh, it makes such a massive difference to, to your, how your work goes, uh, how, you, how you can concentrate, uh, what your mood is and all of those things. So I, I, I do hope that uh, when we're over the worst with COVID, uh, there will be some lessons learned in terms of how we approach the world and how we do things. Um, but yeah, it's been really heartbreaking to to follow um, women giving birth during this really difficult time. I am so, so excited to learn that you had such a fantastic experience. I would have been petrified if I'd had to go to the hospital by myself, uh, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got such changing policies um, that I can't even keep up with them anymore. I mean, they change, they change in different countries, even in different cities all the time. So it just kind of seems to be down to luck a little bit, you know, what happens in your case. Yeah. 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 But I think I think it's going to be a um, a pathway for some deep learning curves for us and may well lead to a better healthcare future. Hopefully, um, when we understand the close links between design, like you say, and healthcare um, and everything else that goes with the uh, holistic approach that we clearly need, that we can't just look one area and think that can be handled in itself, but you have all those different uh, areas that are related. Yeah. 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 Um, Uh, I think if I may pop in here, I'm really curious. um, It really sounds like sort of coming to, to an end, nearing the closing of this podcast it really sounds like you're still inspired despite everything you've done from from the ultima Thule to the ultima Thule speculum to the erotic kit for internal selfies and so many other approaches that you've done you're still inspired by maternity and pregnancy yeah and actually it was um it, it it's been ongoing even prior to to this uh, pregnancy and and childbirth as of very recently, it it was going on for for five years, and even when I go back home, um, um, my my friends are joking. Oh my God, you're you're still in your birth mode. When are you? <laughs> Just change change your tune. Uh, but I think because uh, it's um, to me, I think this is uh, procreation is. Uh, I, I feel it's a primary, profound element of humans' existence, and I think it it really requires strong design consideration. And I would be really happy if for the rest of my life. I I keep doing this. I think uh, I'm I'm very keen on dedicating my my career and specialism, and it's just passion. I would love to I would love to change it. Uh, uh, if obviously I cannot for myself now, um, but hopefully for for many um, people that are to give birth in, let's say, in 20 years, there will be there will be a a small change, just as uh, Laura said through Lola and Licky, how um, you try with with small steps to introduce uh, alternatives and 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 show that there there is a different way. You don't need to be a victim of a, of the system you can mm. you, you can be a person and, and 
advocate for for your needs and yeah and uh, your um what suits you yeah i mean that's my my feeling yeah, that's pre- precisely yeah and uh, quite interestingly i mean we published my story earlier this week and um somebody close by said oh you you're still going on about that i mean it was 10 years ago but you're still <laughs> guided by this and you know i kind of laughed and i said well it's not it's not like it's consuming me but it, i did feel like it was such a life changing moment um and the desire to to create change uh, i i view it as strength um i, I you know it, it just kind of gives you that boost for what you're doing what you're doing in design what we're doing with lola lucke so so i think i can i can fully understand where you're coming from yeah yeah mm-hmm. you've Definitely. mentioned stiliana the water bath tubs you've mentioned developing ultimatula a bit further do you have in your brain right now other ideas is is something what what can we expect next um as part of my my degree i was uh, connected to a couple of hospitals which are under the imperial uh, under the imperial college trust imperial healthcare uh, and that is saint mary's hospital where royal babies are born funny enough mm-hmm. And uh, the other one was Queen Charlotte and Chelsea Hospital in Hammersmith. And I went to meet the lead midwives of both hospitals. And it was, I was just, it, it was striking to see the amount of passion and dedication the staff have towards these experiences. Like daily, they were midwives for over 30 years and still they had, as uh, me and Laura were just saying, okay, we still go on about our birthing experiences, no matter how long ago they happen. Not now for me, it's very fresh. And uh, just seeing St. Mary's Hospital, the wards, I I, I was just shocked. I just couldn't believe it. I felt like women are giving birth in a war zone environment. I was like, oh my God, look at these spaces. They're like boxes, the lack of light, just how furniture is positioned and how many elements are compromised. I was just really sad. I, I thought, oh my God, this has got to change this. Mm-hmm. And and the midwives and the staff are really keen to, to have this change, but obviously the lack of funds. And it's funny enough, in the exact same block, just opposite is the private wing, the Linda wing where royal babies mm-hmm. are born. And it just kind of this contrast didn't do it justice for me. But then I visited the Chelsea and Westminster, which is a much, uh, sorry, not Chelsea and Westminster, Queen Charlotte and Chelsea's hospital, which is much newer uh, hospital. And obviously their condition is um, kind of fresher. And the midwife, the lead midwife showed me a room where they're planning to do, um, uh, to have vulnerable women, uh, something like a counseling room mm. where women bring their life stories because every woman brings her life story to the birthing room and her birth experience is highly influenced to um, just things that she's been through in her life. And this room is dedicated for vulnerable group of people, women who are trafficked, immigrants or victims of rapes or mm. domestic abuse. And when she showed me this room, it was just really nice how she had a dedicated room. And she told me, oh, I would love your solace chase in here. And I think women would feel really comfortable and they're training um, staff to be uh, to be, do- to be doing counseling services. So um, I would like to... Um, I haven't shared this with anybody, not even my family or my mm-hmm. partner. But my plan is to do a fundraising campaign 
and uh, and 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 get some funds so I can so I can help with. I'm happy to do design work free of charge. I don't want a design fee because this could be part of my project and my part part of my learning experience as part of the degree that I'm doing. Uh, but obviously for the materials and all the stuff that needs to be hired to execute this, I would love to transform this room wh where mm. women can actually go and have uh, this meditative and therapeutic setting, which kind of uh, encourages them to share their story, which somehow can help to contribute towards a better experience um, of, of the way they, they childbirth. So that's hopefully one of the two hospitals I would be able to uh, to be given a small room and and just do it wholly and 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 have this opportunity to to do it as a just as a precedent just to say hey look this is how it should be why why don't we why don't we just do it this way instead of just having them so yeah um uh, yeah medicalized and yeah. and cold and even evil I I, I felt uh, Saint Mary was really because it's a very old uh, building. And I just thought, oh, God, this is, it's not right. We are, it's now, it's the center of London. It's Paddington. Come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with us? Yeah, um, but that's amazing. I mean, I, I love to hear about that plan and how you can actually make a massive difference just by redesigning that one room. You can have an impact on, on dozens and hundreds and thousands of women's lives uh, who go through that room uh, and what an impact that will make. So I think that yeah. sounds amazing. Stiliana Minkowska, mother, architect, designer, researcher and change maker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you Thank so you. much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I thoroughly pleasure. enjoyed it. Yes, me too. Next time in Female Change Makers, we sit down with Lahia Fayat, two dads from Helsinki, and we talk about what it means to be a dad and how they are also female change makers. Till then. Bye.